Well, did you enjoy that? Because neither did I. Or did I? I am not quite sure. Hi, welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. I am your host, Joe Zakreski. This is episode eight, and I am I'm all by myself today, but I'm going to be doing an episode that I've discussed in the past, which was a video game, if you know that sound. It is the music to Friday the 13th on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, why did I choose to do that? Because I've never, I'd never actually played it up until a couple weeks ago, and I've heard nothing but absolute horror stories how bad this game is. People say it's one of the worst video games ever made, and I thought to myself, I'm like, seriously, how bad could it be considering, think about all like the children's games, like there's games called like for there's a Sesame Street video game for Nintendo. There's games where you just color a dinosaur on Nintendo. So what could have made this so awful? And after playing it a lot, uh, what I learned is that it is maybe the thought of it was too good for the technology available at the time. So let's break into what what, what do I mean about that? And you're like, hey, Joe, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. So there you heard the music. That's the hardest part is listening to that on repeat. And luckily we had a bunch of clips put together. So it was like, oh, you got to hear the music when you're walking around, music when it changes scenery, music when you're fighting Jason himself. And I think one of the first things that might really disappoint people when they play it is you'll learn as after you beat Jason for the first time, He's still alive. You have to beat him three times to actually beat the game, which is kind of a pain because there's two different ways that you actually fight him. You you fight him either in a cabin or on a path. And you're like, okay, so what's a path? So this game actually has a very large map. So you hit the start button. You can see the screen. You play as, was it, six counselors? That you can change between all with their different abilities. You have 15 children that you also have to keep alive. It gets pretty intense. But the music is just a nightmare. So I had to put it on mute when I was playing it. I couldn't take that very, very much longer. You got a variety of games. Let's say, let's break it into. I'll just read you off the plot real quick. It's from the Friday the 13th wiki. It's a pretty typical summer at Crystal Lake. There's a group of happy children staying in the camp. You and your six camp counselor friends are watching over the kids while they enjoy the lake and the wilderness. The days are bright and sunny. The nights are cool and clear. But Jason is on a rampage, and it's up to you to stop him. But it's not going to be easy. You must first fight your way through forests filled with man-eating wolves, caves covered with blood-sucking bats, and hordes of mindless zombies everywhere you turn. You must also help any friend who is in danger, or else you can just kiss them goodbye. Hiding in a cabin or staying adrift in a canoe won't keep you safe, as Jason will find you. The only way to survive this summer is to challenge Jason face-to-face and destroy him. Okay, so now I'm thinking, is there a third way that you actually fight the guy in this game? Because I've fought him on a path, and I've fought him in a cabin. So you're basically walking around, platformer, left, right, you go into a cabin that is nearly impossible to navigate. You either go forward, left, you know, it's bizarre. I, I mean, it, that's the hardest part to explain. But the cool thing is you think about a, a Nintendo game that came out in 1989. 
six playable characters that you interchange throughout the game. You can change at any time. Um, you know, start screen if they're well, it's if they're in the cabin, I think something like that. Ah, whatever. That's not important. What's important is you have a very large map. You have cabins. You have obviously Crystal Lake, which you can take a canoe across because that's where there are 15 children, five in each cabin, three cabins of five, and a timer will appear and you have to make sure that they're safe. Otherwise, Jason kills five of them. So once they're all gone, you're done. And I'll say you're you and your friends are dead. Game over. What a beautiful thing. All right, so who are the friends that you're playing as? Because I've mentioned the six characters a couple times. So they all have different attributes, too, which I thought was pretty fascinating, which, you know, first play, I had no idea what was going on. I went into it completely blind, and then I started looking things up, like tricks and walkthroughs, see what I, you know, it got me deeper. It made the game more enjoyable. So you have choices between George, who is slow. He doesn't jump high. He has an average throwing ability. And you have Mark, who runs fast, jumps high, but has a throw, slow throw. You have Paul, who runs slow, jumps low, and has a fast throw. You have Laura, who is fast, jumps low, throws fast. Okay. Debbie, who runs slow, jumps low, and throws fast. And then Chrissy, who looks like she has the best attributes, who runs fast, jumps high, throws fast. So she's quick and jumps high. And why would you need to jump high? Because, you know, as you know, in all the Friday the 13th movies, all the nonstop zombies that come popping out of the ground at you. Oh, wait a minute. That's not really a thing. Yeah, but it is a thing in the video game. So about every two steps, something spawns and comes at you out of the ground. You can throw your choice of weapons. You start with these rocks. And then you can upgrade to a knife, you upgrade to a machete, you can get an axe, you can get a torch. In fact, at one point when you enter a cabin, it'll say, use the torch to light all the fireplaces. Fun fact, you don't use the torch for that. Torch is a weapon. There's actually a separate lighter that you get. I think it's the first thing that you get, and that lights the fireplaces. Strongest weapon is the pitchfork and then randomly around you'll find notes that'll have clues on where to find weapons and items and as well as how to defeat jason now i found a couple when i was going around but uh the best way i learned how to beat jason was you know the wonderful source of youtube so let's go through (laughs) you have this gigantic map that you have to navigate through. So you're going to be pressing start a lot to take a look on where you are on the map. It's the concept is really cool. Big map. You either be on a canoe. There's even a cave that has nothing. It's on there, but it doesn't really do anything. I think there might be a weapon or a clue in there, or there actually is Pamela Voorhees in there. If you know who that is, that's Jason's mom. You know, love that trivia question. Who was the killer in the first Friday of the 13th movie? Who was it? And you're expecting to say Jason's like, no, it was Jason's mom. Jason's mom. He did it. He's at the end. Relax. So what we get out of this game is this large map where you can navigate it. If you have six different characters in these small cabins, you can press start, change your location. You can see your location on the map. 
you can get on Crystal Lake and use a canoe and there's stuff splashing out. So you're constantly you're constantly fighting and constantly moving. So you get that out of it. And the music is constantly playing that annoying sound. Not the worst thing in the world, but it's the idea if you thought about, oh, imagine if we had this open, massive open world map of Camp Crystal Lake and then redid it. Now, if anybody out there has played the 2017 Friday the 13th game, please reach out to me. You can either contact at redriverhorror at gmail.com or tweet at me at redriverjoe because I would love to discuss, discuss that game before I play it. Because I don't have a system that's compatible with that. If you learn anything about me, you'll be like, Joe, why don't you play new games? Because I play mostly vintage games. It's just my thing. Um, And it's not out of like, oh, I don't feel like spending that much money for it. No, it's that I don't feel like investing that much time into it. Because once I start playing, I'll never stop. So that's why these 8-bits and 16-bit games are my jam. Because I'm in, I'm out, I'm on with my life. I don't have to invest too much time into it. Now, this game, from what I've learned, it's you can get through it fairly quickly or it can take really long. It depends on what you do. So it's like you're running through that timer. You defeat Jason and then it changes a day. And then you have to try and find Jason again. You find him again. And now it's day two. And here's the fun part. He gets harder and faster each time. So I actually never I couldn't finish that third battle. Boom. Not out of. And I would say out of lack of effort, I really didn't put too much effort into trying it again. I made it. I failed. I stopped. I gave up. So here's the thing. If everyone says this game's so bad, I I don't know. I've heard, I've watched another video guy talking about how it was like one of his favorite games. One of the things I could tell you is how that big map makes it kind of cool. So if you have a Switch or, you know, you like your ROMs, you can, or, I mean, hey, if you actually have an old NES that works and find that cartridge, I mean, I'd say give it a shot. See what you can do with it. It's not, you know, it's not going to change your life, but if you just want to be baffled and confused and really challenged, try this out. Because I've even heard, I think it's a angry video game nerd. He did a big rant on this game too, and on another podcast, on another podcast, I think he actually admitted that he enjoyed the challenge of the game. So, yeah, what are you going to do? So, let's see. The game came out in 1989. So, I think it was February of 1989. And it was, the publisher was LJN. So, it's like, why does that mean anything? Because LJN was a toy company in the 1980s. And then they sought to take licensed material and turn it on the video games. So, this is not their only one you can take a look at ljn and their history with nintendo it gets pretty interesting but i'm not going to go into a deep dive with that because there's other brands that aren't horror uh i would highly recommend my man uh gaming historian on youtube who does a great video on ljn and their uh contributions to the nintendo entertainment system Ooh, and here's another fun fact so when jason pops out at you he is a lovely purple and i guess that's a teal kind of greenish bluish that's teal you can't tell me any different maybe eh, grayish green no 
Anyway, so one of the other things that I learned when <clears throat> when movies were released in Japan, they I don't know if it's something that they still do, but at least in 1980s Japan, what they would do is give the audience like a playbill, like a program guide, similar to if you go to a show, you know, on Broadway or any th- like actual theater so you get a playbill and on the back of i think it was one of the sequels either two or three the jason character was in a purple jump it was it looked like it rendered purple from how the print came out so when the game was made in Japan, there's a theory it's just like, why would they do that? It's like maybe the developer was not familiar with the movie at all and decided to make him purple and we're just going to keep saying green or teal. Uh, other thing is that, you know, 8-bits doesn't have that big of a color palette. So if it was a brown, he might have fused, he might have looked too much like the walls of a cabin, which are also brown. You had to have a way for him to stand out so you'd be able to see him. So a lot of there's a lot of browns from the woods, from log cabins. So that way, you know, if he was in a brown jumpsuit at an eight bit, there's only like two tones, so it'd bleed together in the worst way possible. Oh man! You know, I was going to go on and start talking about the other game that I started playing, which was the Nightmare on Elm Street game for Nintendo, which I. Th- felt might have been worse might have been worse than this um because i found i was more intrigued by the friday the 13th game whereas the nightmare on elm street game is uh, i i get it's it's got a great idea behind it and but you're collecting freddy's bones to get them back to the school uh furnace so you can finish them off. So you just got to stay awake. And then there's like, I, I, I'm not even going to really de- get get into it. I, I, I don't have much else to say about that game. <laughs> there's, I mean, the hardest part when I was trying to get an episode together for NES games is that, you know, most people have either played them. You're not going to learn anything new, but I'm going to tell you about my own personal experience with them, which, you know, I actually, I enjoy talking. You hear me? I'm talking right now a lot, (laughs) but that's okay. So this is the episode where I rant because we are working on having some more, we have some more ghost stories in the works and we got some other fun things in the works. So it's all good. Moving on to a next little step. Let's see what do we got going on here? Oh, that's right. The game that I wanted to tell you about with a big open map. And I've already talked about this movie in my introduction and even in the first episode, even though it didn't win all the polls because I do love it. I absolutely love Jaws. If you want to get your vintage gaming on and you really like really want a fun game and i think this one might get trashed on but i don't care i absolutely love jaws on nintendo because the same thing same same idea that the friday 13th game had was like we're gonna have this big map and you gotta adventure around and then you get stalked by the killer of the movie so in friday 13th you get stalked by jason and jaws you get stalked by jaws 
<laughs> so, but you're on a boat, you got to travel around the map, you might get a notice that says, oh, you hit something, then you go down as a diver, you got to fight, you got to fight things, you shoot them with a harpoon gun, it's a great time, I absolutely love that game, if you really want my highest recommendation, that is the one to go with, I know some people are like, it's terrible, no, I personally, I absolutely love it, I think, if you give it an honest chance, you can get into it. Now, I don't know if these things are on the Switch yet. I've, you know, I've got a massive collection of these old games, so that's how I keep myself up to, you know, up to speed with it. I, it's my favorite, one of my favorite things, old video games. Oh yeah, but yeah, Jaws, and then what else is out there what would count because someone i was looking at some other lists someone put up beetlejuice and i wouldn't count beetlejuice as a horror movie i get like the themes might be scary for kids but i don't know overall i found it pretty funny so that's just me and probably a lot of other people (laughs) so we'll leave that at that i wanted to check out some other things here Oh, yeah. What do we got coming out this week? I'm going to go on to redriverhorror.com, which you should, too. Check it out. See what we got, because we got the trailers for these on there. On September 18th. Is that Friday? September 18th. We got a new movie coming out. It's called... What is this called? Is it Antebellum? Ooh. Let's see. Coming out September 18th. Antebellum. Uh, this is from Nick Cush from Movie Babble, who writes for RedRiverHorror.com. He does these movie updates for us, which are fantastic if you want to see what the latest horror movies that are coming out. Every month he does these. Let's see. What do we got? Ooh. A writer finds herself trapped in a reality-altering scheme, which, from the trailers, seems to consist of racist elites pulling black people back in time to the Antebellum South somehow. Once touted as a possible surprise hit of the spring before COVID-19 pushed back its release date, Antebellum has received largely negative early reviews ahead of its theater video-on-demand hybrid release. Looking back on the marketing material for the film, which has been extremely coy in explaining any details, perhaps it was all more of a ploy to hide some of the film's flaws, as many critics have claimed Antebellum is thuddingly obvious and shallow in its messaging. All I know is Janelle Monet deserves better. Someone get her a great starring role ASAP. Well done. <laughs> so it's, oh man, um... Well, I guess we're just talking about all the bad reviews this week because that that's not receiving anything nice. Let's take a quick look at the trailer. Let's... Modern day, got a family. Husband, wife, kids. Happiness. Hope. Unless... You are chosen up here we go (laughs) what these sapphires are here to fulfill your every need wherever you were before that's over you are my only way out of here you must choose i'm on it wisely um 
Okay, I get it. So, you know, black people get taken back, become slaves. I don't know. Nah. So the thing is, this definitely got made because it says that the producer is from Get Out and Us. You know, obviously it's not Jordan Peele, but that's okay. It could be, I mean... I would watch this just out of the curiosity, just to see what's up with that. But let's see. So let, we got a fun one if you're looking. Ooh, here we go. Nick's got a good one on here. This is the main attraction of September 18th. Okay, here we go. Personally, the main attraction on September 18th will be Antonio Campos' The Devil All the Time, a grisly thriller with an absolutely loaded cast, including Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, Sebastian Stan, Riley Keough? I know that name. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Jason Clark, Bill Skarsgård, Haley Bennett, and Mia Waskowska. Wow, that is a heck of a cast. Evil and corruption is lurking on all sides as Arvin, Tom Holland, attempts to keep his family safe. The cast sure looks game. Just listen to Pattinson's slimy preacher voice. Okay, we're going to have to watch this trailer too. But I'm most excited for this movie because of Campos, who has shown he can match deep character studies with no, with overtly grim material. His last film, Christine, no, not the John Carpenter evil car film, is one of the best modern is one of the best modern depictions of depression on screen. While the devil all the time is in a larger scope he seems like a perfect match for this kind of film okay one the title's awesome the devil all the time totally metal let's see let's take a look at this oh it's going to netflix on friday giddy up on friday september 18th Brought back from the war. Ooh. Here's time to pass it on. It's the best present I ever got. Thank you. How and why people from two points on a map without even a straight line between them can be connected is at the heart of our story and knock them stiff. Ever think about how we ended up orphans living in the same house? I studied something. It's called the delusion. They believe that is untrue. Oh man! It is our delusion that lead us to sin. Delusions. Okay, so that was Robert Pattinson's voice with the delusions. He's the that preacher voice that's pretty good i mean not horror related but i'll tell you what he's after seeing like i mean the lighthouse would count that movie that hit at my core but i mean the dude's probably gonna be a pretty good batman even though i was like yeah this is dumb twilight but i remember these people grow up so we got batman and spider-man making a scary movie together yay all right we're gonna keep this one short and sweet Please let me know if you know anyone who might be looking for, you know, looking to tell a story or has a story to tell. Um, it can be uh, an experience. It could be like, you know, paranormal experience goes something you just can't explain something weird that happened. 
Or if you are a geography or history buff like I am, what I'd like to do is get into some more local folklore, local legends, you know, whatever you got. So I know we've got some other fun things in the works that are coming your way. I am your host, Joe Zakreski. This is the Red River Horror Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and keep traveling those channels of fear. (laughs) 